Welcome in, everybody, to the Horror's Edge podcast. My name's Phil. And I'm Stacy. Today we're going to be discussing Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. This film was released in 1988 and came from uh, fans bitching about Halloween 3 not having Michael Myers in it. So this time they even put it in the subtitle, Return of Michael Myers, just to let fans know, hey, we're done fucking here around. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, uh, today we're going to be doing a review slash breakdown of Halloween 4, uh, but before we get to that, I kind of wanted to, after seeing this movie, kind of comes the question of, why is it that in horror movies, it's so okay to not have a plot? <laughs> um, kind of came up when we were watching this one, because as I was watching, I was thinking, man, that this is... Horror by the numbers. Like, you know how when kids start coloring uh, inside of the color books, there's numbers in them. One is blue, two is red, three is green. That, that's exactly what this is. Like, to the T. Um, minus a couple of uh, little fun things sprinkled throughout it. But it's so common in horror. It's not common in drama movies. It's not common in comedies. But well, comedies, I guess, kind of has a plot that it follows. But horror, it's so common to take a plot that you've seen a million times and do it again. Why do you think that is? Because it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sells, yeah. It, it And it typically works best when it's the first one in a series. Or Don't break something that's not broken yeah but uh, with the sequels you want to get a little bit creative now i mean it's been proven with halloween 3 hey don't be too creative or we'll slap you in the hand yep but i I know that i kind of discussed this last time but why not take some chances um it doesn't need to be i think they're worried it won't sell that's definitely a possibility but it drives me nuts when you watch, uh, for, for in this case, a Halloween movie, or any horror movie, really. Friday the 13th does the same exact thing. Nightmare on Elm Street does the same exact thing. The Hellraiser movies do the same. All these franchises do the same thing. And so what many. What do they call it? Control C paste? Copy paste. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, what it is. And. Uh, even non-franchise movies, you can just hop on Netflix right now, click car, you can go on Shutter and just start looking at the movies. And if it's a possession movie, it's by the numbers. If it's a slasher movie, it's by the numbers. It, it drives me insane. I really want to see more creativity uh, in horror. I, I truly appreciate it when you see it, but it, I don't know. I, as I was watching it, till it got to certain parts in the movie, that that is very much what I saw on this one. Um, so I guess uh, we can roll straight into the review of it from here. I think um, that works well because my review kind of changed throughout the movie from the beginning to the middle to the end. Yeah. I, I wrote two different scores in here. Um, oh, I didn't do that, but <laughs> I did and, break it down. And it's because of uh, how things started to progress in the third act of this film. The first two acts, I, I was falling asleep. I was miserable. But uh, the way that we grade horror movies here is one through ten. One being dog shit terrible. Do not watch this movie. Do not recommend this movie to anybody. Five being average. This is a movie that you can throw in, have in the background. Uh, your typical run-of-the-mill movie, it's not bad. It's not great. And ten being uh, something that's 
utterly amazing. Everybody should watch it. So uh, one through ten, what do you give this one? So I have to start off by saying this is my first watch. Okay. Big surprise. I haven't <laughs> seen it. Um, with that being said, I gave it an eight. Now, okay. I only graded an eight because the ending really got me. Yeah. So the reasons it's at an eight, his mask, terrible. The fit. Looks like he has to take a shit. The hair. <laughs> and the... they, somebody captured a picture of that. Like, hey, what do we do if Mike just ate a bunch of lemons? Can we make that into a mask? <laughs> the expression on the mask did no justice to it. It's so, so there's actually some uh, funny trivia that I looked up behind that. They were trying to make the mask uh, with less emotion. And it, instead it. they uh, made the emotion look like he needs to take a shit or he just took a bite out of a lemon. Yeah. The, the mask, it was so hard for me to focus on because it was so bad. But that aside, I thought in the beginning the story flowed well, was enjoying it. Then you got to the middle, super cheesy, mm -hmm. did not enjoy. Ending, loved it. I left shocked, mouth wide open, loved it. Yeah. So what did you rate it? I gave it two different ratings. My ultimate rating was a six out of ten. Wow. Um for the majority and then the second rating was a four out of ten. Ooh. If the last one minute was not involved in this movie. Wow. <laughs> uh so I did enjoy the ending very much. Um but other than that, like the intro says, this is a very run of the mill uh paint by the numbers type of horror movie. Uh bad guy comes out. Bad guy kills. Bad guy get kill. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you only were able to see this like on a terrible streaming service and it kept cutting in and out, you'd say, wow, this movie is just like every other movie I've seen. Yeah, if you've never seen this movie before and you, it's about an hour and a half, if you turn it on at an hour and 15 movie minutes and you're caught up. Um, <laughs> and that's how I felt about it. I mean, a six out of 10 is really not a bad rating. Uh, to me, that's above average. This is an above average horror movie. But like I said, it is strongly, uh, due to the end. Obviously this is spoiler free, so I'm not going to give away what happens at the end of this movie but yet. I can't wait to spoil it once but we get in. Th this is a rewatch for me, but, um, I remember it not being one of my favorites. So I think that I only watched this one once and- is that was, so you as like I was, this better than number three? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, I like it more than number two. Okay. I think number two I gave a five. Number three I gave an eight. Let me uh, see if I'm not I mistaken. Gave. I love number three. Number three I think you only give a four. Number um, two, right? Yeah, number two and number three. So we're going to be ranking these movies I gave as well. it an eight. Uh, number so I three, gave it the number same. Number two, yeah. Um, so far, both of these are above the original Halloween movie for you, then. Yeah. Wow. Goes to show that you truly didn't uh, care for the original. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you said that at the end, like it was a very generic type of movie for you. Obviously, it's not something that you grew up on, so I get that. Uh, and this one does have a little bit more in it than the original. The kills were a little bit uh, more creative, uh, definitely much more graphic than the original um they show a little bit more uh overall pretty good kills 
Uh, they are all predictable when they're going to happen, how they're going to happen, not so much. A couple of them I had to laugh at because it was just, come on, <laughs> that's how it's happening. Yeah. But I mean, it overall, not a bad movie. It's something I don't think that you can, uh, they would have liked that during the movie, you and I had a couple giggles. It wasn't a comedy. It was supposed to be a horror. Yeah, and it wasn't parts that were funny in the movie. No. They were taking themselves very seriously. But at this point, I mean, we're kind of in a stride of watching the movies back to back to back to back. Um, not saying that we're watching them all on the same day. Uh, they're all separated by a day or two. Um, but I often don't watch horror movies this closely together. Um, typically, when I watch them, I'll throw a random movie on from a franchise, and then maybe a month later, I'll catch another one in them. It's really only Halloween season that I'll throw maybe a couple of them back-to-back of my favorite ones of a series anyway. So Nightmare on Elm Street, I'll uh, throw the first three of those on, or I'll throw uh, Friday 2 and Friday... Friday 2 to maybe Friday 4 on or something along those lines. But this is starting to get to the point where these movies are definitely uh, seeing what the last one did. And you can very much see that as you're running back to back. So the parts that we were giggling at and laughing at very well may not have happened if we had some time in between watching these movies. I could agree. Okay. Um, so I think that, uh, despite this being very quick into it, we're going to get to the breakdown of this movie. So if you have not seen it yet, I would recommend you see it. It's on, uh, AMC all the time right now, especially this month being Halloween. They're playing all these movies. So before we jump into, uh, full breakdown spoilers of it, I found a couple of, uh, pretty cool trivia things for the movie that I think that aren't very, uh, spoilery, but kind of fun to know before diving into it. So the first thing is Danielle Harris, uh, who ends up playing as uh, Jamie throughout the film, um, in addition to playing other characters in the Halloween universe later on, she's in the, uh, as an adult, she plays Annie in the Halloween reboot from Rob Zombie, which I thought was pretty neat. That's cool. But she kept her clown costume uh, in this movie for years. And ended up selling it to a uh, fan for their private collection. Wow. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty pretty damn cool. I, I couldn't find anywhere how much the fan paid for it. I, I would assume in order to get rid of something like that, it would have to be quite a bit. Unless if she was doing it solely out of the uh, goodness of her own heart. Um, another thing is uh, the guy who played Michael Myers, George P. Wilbur, um, throughout the filming this would constantly in between takes lift his mask up just that way he could show uh daniel harris that hey i'm just a person this is just a movie that we're filming i really don't want you to be scared and he oh, had wow. to do it all the time I, I don't know if that's because she was constantly scared or what ended up happening there but i thought that was pretty neat um and um without getting any spoilers uh, there are people that come back in this movie obviously michael myers based upon the name and somebody else but uh there was a scene originally filmed uh for this and it was to bridge halloween 2 and this one to show how those people lived and uh they ended up scrapping the idea they didn't want to have it so they ended up using that later on in uh halloween kills to where uh, they're screaming while Michael Myers is burning. No, let him burn. Let him burn. Don't don't bring him back. That That's what was supposed to be 
the opening scenes for this one. Would have made more sense. Would have helped a lot. <laughs> uh, but they decided not to go with it. And the last thing that I thought was pretty cool is uh, John Carpenter tried uh, writing some stuff for this one. He tried uh, writing something to give like a more ghostly psychedelic approach to Michael Myers. But they ended up because what he wanted to do was focus on what this did to the town, um, how the citizens react to it, how people perceive Michael Myers basically because this person messed up their town really bad. They didn't want to go that approach. So then this is the first movie that he has no part in. Wow. He has no writing credits or anything like that. The only thing that I think that his name is on there for is the score. That's what Um, I saw. And uh, I don't think that he wrote a new score for this. It's just the stuff that he originally had. I could be wrong on that. I would have to do a little bit more. But I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and the last thing, which makes complete sense, is the writer of the script, uh, Alan McElroy, I believe is how you say his last name. He wrote the script in only 11 days, and he <laughs> did that because they knew that there was a writer's strike coming, and he had to beat that writer's strike. Wow. So it definitely makes sense. I'm guessing that they had one idea going into this, which we're both thinking of. We'll definitely highlight and in the spoilers. It's something that we love about this movie. And then he rushed a whole bunch of stuff before it. So knowing that, it kind of makes me perceive the movie a little bit better. Although I wish, just wait, wait till the writer's strike is over, but they didn't. But I thought that uh, those things helped enhance uh, what I thought of the movie overall and some really cool little uh, I love the trivia. Yeah. All right, here come the spoilers. It's quite often right now. You can also find it streaming or go ahead and purchase it. So, getting into spoilers, this movie kicks right off uh, October 30th, 1988. uh, And we don't have a typical title card scene in this one, which I felt that it was lacking. I was going to say, I kind of missed the pumpkin or some sort of hint at the pumpkin with the noise, the music. I missed it. It did have one. Uh, So it opens up at a big open farm that has Halloween decorations in there. There was a pumpkin there. I think that's one of the first things that it showed. But then it quickly showed like a wooden skeleton and a witch and a few other things. And yeah, I don't know. It it wasn't the same. Uh, And then it transitioned from here to an ambulance driving down a rainy road in the middle of the night and pulling into a sanitarium. So, uh... They pull inside and they say, okay, we are uh, picking up and transferring a patient to Smith Grove. Uh, And then it gets to one of the security guards in there who's going to escort him over to Michael Myers. And he just gives line after line of Loomis type of stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, They walk by somebody and the guy was acting crazy and they're like, oh, Jesus. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh... Society dumps its worst nightmares in here. I think they don't need to focus so much on the cheesiness of, like, pounding home, like, Myers is bad, he's evil. Like, we get it. He's not a good guy. You don't have to say it every five seconds. 
The first movie, it made sense to say it quite a bit because at that point, he only killed one person. Right. Uh, so, yes, while killing somebody is bad, I'm not saying killing somebody is <laughs> you're not evil. I mean, anybody could do it. Uh, that's obviously a very shitty thing to do. However, it's killed one person. It could be something like, hey, he did it out of anger or he was a little kid. His sister said something super fucked up and he, he just had a momentary lapse of complete yeah. judgment. Or he has something, a screw loose in his head. But when he broke out, he ended up killing three, no, probably like five people in that first one, five or six people, uh, plus his sister originally. That That's certifiable, insane, evil. Uh, and then you go into the second one, he kills probably ten more people. So by this point, he probably killed 16 people. Yeah, we know that he's evil. <laughs> and the the fact that governments will put somebody like that in an insane asylum and not just put that fucker on the electric chair insane it's crazy absolutely insane to be able to say that this guy oh no he's insane that's why we're doing it well he's also a mass murderer who <laughs> proved that we cannot keep him captive yep let's kill him yeah <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention uh this movie barely glosses over the fact of what happened at the end of Halloween 2. So at the end of Halloween 2, both Loomis and Myers are both in the hospital as it's burning to the ground. Right. Dead. Like, they ain't surviving that. Right. <laughs> and they just go, oh yeah, they were in a fire. They almost both died. Thankfully, they're both still alive. Okay. All right. <laughs> So, I guess that's that one tied up. Neat little <laughs> bow. So, as the nurse goes to check him out um, to make sure that he's good to transfer, basically make sure he's alive because he is tied to a bed, which is a pretty neat visual. He's strapped down, like, head to toe in a bed to where he can't move anything. Except his and, <laughs> uh, and he's completely bandaged up. So this guy is currently living in a state probably worse than death to where you're sh strapped down to a bed because of the burns 10 years ago. He's completely gauzed up from head to toe, and that's your life. You live strapped to a bed with gauze covering your face. Miserable. <laughs> I mean, the son of a bitch deserves it, but damn, it's a gruesome thing to think about. So anyways, the nurse is checking him out, as Stacy pointed out. Obviously, his hands can get out because his <laughs> hand just plops right out as she's uh, uh, checking his, his vitals. Yep. Um, and the doctor was mentioning about Loomis, like, oh, man, now that Myers is gone, maybe we'll get rid of Loomis or he'll die. <laughs> You don't even know these people. Why are you saying that you wish somebody's dead? Yeah. But he says it. So from here, uh, they say, okay, he's good. Halloween music starts playing. Very cool little uh, way to transition to Myers leaving the uh, sanitarium. And uh, now he's in the ambulance with him. So from here, the ambulance asks him if he has any living relatives. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's got a young niece and you can just see Myers hand clench <laughs> like <laughs> oh, to the heavens <laughs> yeah I thought that was a little weird 
<laughs> oh man, so that was time number one that I started laughing during Does this. He, he knows he has a niece. Uh, according to this movie, I guess. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't get how that puzzled together. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's a horror okay. movie. I thought. I thought I was missing something. No, uh, there's nothing to miss here. Uh, he lives in a sanitarium. Nobody ever talks to him about anything, but somehow he knows that he has a niece or. Maybe he finds out for the first time due to this idiot ambulance driver, and then all that he needs to know is niece Haddonfield. I can figure out the rest. I'll I'll go. I got this. It's like a treasure map. So from here, Michael Myers kills the guy who says that, shoves his thumb right into the dude's head. (laughs) Super gruesome, super unrealistic, super awesome. And uh, from here, we pan to Jamie, who is Michael Myers' niece that we just learned about, and maybe he did, or maybe he knew forever. Who who knows? And uh, she's getting visions of uh, her covered in blood. She's getting visions of Michael Myers in the room. Um, All types of stuff. Um, I thought that was neat to kind of have that flashback. Again, I don't know how that's puzzled together that she knows of Michael and Michael knows of her. Either way, it kind of gave me that edge of the seat, heart racing kind of feeling. Let's see how this pans out. Hoping it goes well. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't. Yeah. So after those uh, visions that she has, she gets out of bed. She sees a flash of Michael Myers in her mirror in her room. And then Michael, she gets yanked the fuck under her bed. And Myers does the Undertaker stand-up thing. Dead man walking. Should have been a wrestler. And then from there, she starts screaming, and uh, the parents, or adoptive adoptive parents walk in. Yeah. Uh, The mom and dad, uh, but aren't her mom and dad. Uh, Foster parents. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Thanks for no help, Stacey. Um, So they find her in the closet just, like, cowering, and then she wakes up. So, very traumatized kid. From here, we transition to uh, text on the screen again. Excuse me. We are now at Haddonfield, October 31st, 1988. So, we're in Halloween. And it's morning, and uh, the babysitter calls the foster parents to let them know that they can no longer babysit that night. So, Rachel hears this, and... She's giving the dad a guilt trip, like, oh, now this is going, I'm going to have to cancel plans with my boyfriend tonight. I'm no longer going to get married. I'm- You're not going to have grandkids. You're not going to have grandkids. This is all your fault. She and really has her life planned out. Just from tonight, though. Yep. Just just because of tonight. And if tonight doesn't happen, nothing in my life will ever happen. She's screwed. And Jamie hears this and, like, freaks out because obviously she ruined Rachel's life. Now she's not going to get married or have kids. So that's a very sad thing, and she runs to her room crying, and then dad guilt trips her about how shitty of a person she is, basically. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, damn, that dad's fucked up. <laughs> but I can see myself doing that, too. So uh shows that Rachel's a good person because she instantly feels god-awful about what happened and goes up to uh, Jamie's room and just explains to her, like, hey, it's no big deal. I was just messing with him to get the mad, basically, and... Uh, we can go out and get ice cream tonight. It's going to be a good time because Jamie does not want to go trick-or-treating. And now Jamie's happy. 
So we're transitioning back to the sanitarium, and Loomis is pissed that he wasn't notified about the transfer. Here is lap number two for me uh, because he goes, Evil is on two legs, and now he's out on the streets or something like that. I'm just like, come on, man. I love you, Loomis. Like, yeah. Come the second movie, I was really sick of it. And then the third movie it made me realize like how much I missed it. <laughs> As stupid as that sounds, because this guy is a, uh, he's a walking cliche of the yep. harbinger. Like, he, he needs to say things about Myers, and Myers needs him to say things about him. Loomis is very much necessary to this movie, and when he's not in these movies, you can definitely feel that it's missing something, and it's him. Um, Do you think that... As, like, a fan base, the director kind of caught on to that, of, like, how it's cheesy that he's in there, but it's almost needed? I don't know if he ever thought that it was cheesy, because these movies take themselves pretty seriously. Gotcha. It's, it's not like, um, I don't know, some of the B-Har movies are so stupid that they just make have fun with it. Yeah. This is a very serious style movie. Whether it's actually whether you should actually take it seriously or not is something different, but it it takes itself seriously. So that's a dangerous line to cross with horror movies because if you're having fun with yourself, like some movies, then all is forgiven. But nobody's going to take the movie seriously. But if you are um, taking yourself completely seriously, and those marks don't hit then you get shit on if it's not perfect. Um, now, this movie's obviously not perfect. Is this um, the same director? I'm not sure who the director is on this one. Let I thought I saw John's name. The director is Dwight H. Little. Hmm. Um, so I don't know what else he did. Uh, Anaconda, The Hunt to... Uh, one of the Anaconda sequels. He did Broken Arrow, which was a really good movie. Uh, he was a producer for that one. Murder at 1600 and Tekken. So, huh. not known for anything huge. I must have missaw the name. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> somehow Alexa heard us in the other room, and uh, she said that she didn't know that one. Thanks, Alexa. Always listening. Always listening. So from here, um, uh, it's a very convenient time. Uh, what the hell did I even write here? Oh, <laughs> convenient time of all times because as Loomis is talking to this guy, the phone rings. <laughs> and it's them saying that the ambulance that was transferring Michael Myers crashed. Most convenient time that I could possibly imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty damn funny. So I really enjoyed Loomis's doom and gloom about Myers calling him not human for the millionth time. <laughs> I always think that's a it's a great little tidbit in there. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh so he does some more uh Loomis talk here and then he heads back to Haddonfield and <laughs> I wrote down never ever ever Fucking ever be a mechanic anywhere near Haddonsfield, Illinois, because you're gonna fucking die. Yeah. Uh, well, or if Myers you do, Myers needs the outfit. 
yeah, if you do, just don't wear uh, coveralls. Coveralls, and then you should fine. be fine. You're fine. How would he know? Yeah, yeah he wouldn't want you because obviously he doesn't go with the style of his fucking lemon socking mask. This is the part <laughs> where I put. He had bandages on his face, which I thought was a neat view. And then I said right after, where does he get his mask? Yeah, <laughs> you find that out later. I know, um, but it was like neat because he already has the outfit. Where's yeah, the mask? I, I wrote down to Myers dressed up as a mummy stabs the mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that this was super cheesy the way that he looked. Uh 10 years later you're not gonna be in gauze still this is supposedly 10 years after yeah. the last one you're not gonna fucking be in gauze what, what are they doing here but either way uh the mummified meyer stabs the mechanic and now he has his uh outfit outfit yep outfit he's check yep he's he's ready to go out in the town uh <laughs> so from here more horror cliches as soon as this is done loomis just so happens to stop to get gas at that exact gas station and he's armed well he's always armed so that's what i said armed of course armed of course which i mean i would be too if i was him he's a scary guy myers yeah yeah. i mean even before the whole myers thing this guy is used to being around dangerous people so it it makes very much sense for his character to be armed um but he, uh, Loomis is a curious guy because nobody's answering his call, so he just walks into the garage because why not? And, uh, he finds the dead mechanic strung up in some chains there. He runs into the what almost looks like a restaurant, but it didn't look like a restaurant from outside, uh, the gas station itself. And he finds the cashier dead, and all the phones have been destroyed from here. Uh, he turns around, he sees Michael Meyer standing in the background throughout a long hallway, and Luma starts talking to him and tells him, uh, if you want another victim, take me, uh, more Loomis lines, um, and then from here he goes and he shoots him, so he blows like four shots or five shots towards him, and then Myers is not there, so... We're guessing that he hallucinated it. He's not really there. He's gone already. Um, but then, as soon as he walks out, Myers is driving a fucking semi truck, and truck. yeah, he, he touches a gas pump and it just blows to fucking hell. The uh, car flips over. Yeah, uh, Loomis's car, not not his tow truck. No. His tow truck's just hunky dory, and then he drives away. So, Myers is pretty good at driving for a man who's been locked up his entire life. I was thinking the same since, thing. Since he was six, I believe, in the original movie, six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he can pretty professionally drive. He does it in the first movie. He does a little bit of driving in the second, a little bit in the third. So, I guess every ten years, all that you need to do is break out of a uh, sanitarium, and you're, you're good to go. As long as you get some stick time yeah. uh, during your one night of fun every 10 years um so he drives away and that leaves uh mr loomis to do some walking despite him needing a a cane to get around uh so here we transition over to jamie at school and she's getting made fun of because all the kids know that her uncle is michael myers and these kids are all fucked up (laughs) like they're just dicks yeah Uh your parents are dead i know damn 
<laughs> Come they on, were, kids. They were cutting her deep. I mean, I, I I remember being in school and people being mean, but like we didn't just make fun of people because their parents are dead. I know. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's Haddonfield. <laughs> so <laughs> why not? Um so from here, uh, Rachel picks up Lindsay, and she's all bummed out. And uh, she's like, well, don't worry, because we're going to go get you some ice cream. She's like, oh, I want to go trick-or-treating, despite saying that she didn't want to before. And Rachel's friend, uh, Lindsay, convinces Rachel, let's go get a Halloween costume then, because your boyfriend works there. And uh, so they end up going to get a Halloween costume followed by ice cream. Um, so... They get over there, and uh, where am I? Uh, she finds a clown costume. Looks pretty similar instantly to the original Halloween, so I thought that was a cool little throwback. And Rachel is, instead of looking for the costume with them, talking to Brady and telling him that they can't hang out anymore because she now needs to babysit uh, for Lindsay. And he's super pissed off instantly. Jamie. You need to babysit for Jamie. Yes, she needs to babysit. You said Lindsay. Oh, I'm mixing names up now. So Rachel tells Brady that he needs to babysit for J- Jamie, and they can't hang out anymore. Um, and he's super, fu- super fucking pissed. And as they're arguing, you just see Michael Myers' burnt-ass hand grab a mask. He must not have looked hard because he picked the stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a better one on the shelf, and this is just like the deformed one, and he just had all that gauze over his eyes and couldn't see, yeah. and that's why he grabbed the stupid fucking looking one. But that he was grabbed the it. Mask. Yeah, yeah, he got the one that was burnt a little bit or something. Um, so uh, from here, we're back to Lo- uh, Loomis, and he's over in Haddonfield. And he's hitchhiking. Some teens act like they're going to give him a ride and then blow dust in his face like, ah, suck it, old man. <laughs> and he's just, oh, darn it. Almost had a ride. Those hooligans. Yeah, those hooligans. Back to walking. Now some uh, weird reverend picked him up who's like an al- alcoholic reverend drinking and searching for the apocalypse. I said they should be best friends because they have the same po- poetry type of thing. Oh, yeah. He's drinking as he's driving. What a great reverend. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you want some of this booze? And then you would think that, like, a sensible person would be like, no, no, I'm good. You're driving, by the way. And he's like, yeah, pass that shit over, homie. I know. <laughs> I'll take some. <laughs> he starts drinking some booze with him. Best friends for life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So from here, the parents leave. Jamie puts on her costume to go trick-or-treating. And uh, they leave. And then Michael Myers breaks into the house and starts looking at pictures, thinking of old times and twiddling his thumbs. Going down memory lane. Everybody needs a little memory lane time. He's looking at pictures of... throwback uh, Thursday, flashback Friday. Looking at pictures of Jamie Lee Curtis and everything. Saying, oh, damn, miss you, sis. (laughs) That's all right. I'll kill your daughter to let you know that care. (laughs) So from here, uh, Loomis shows up to Haddonfield to talk to Sheriff Brackett, who is now retired. And uh, he lets him know that Michael Myers is back and looking for Laurie Strode's daughter. Um, They instantly know what he's talking about, obviously, because it was a tragic a uh, set of events that happened in this town, despite yeah. most of the people there probably not being on the force when it happened. Um, so, pan over to uh, Jamie doing her trick or treating, and Mike is stalking her because that's what he does. And uh, 
Rachel walks up to a house to open the door for uh, Jamie and finds Brady in the house with a girl. Um, so this dickhead, because he couldn't hang out with her that night because he, she was babysitting, uh, ends up sleeping with one of her friends. Idiot. What? Yeah. Okay. I guess <laughs> that's what you do. Can't hang out with me for one night? I'll cheat on you. I'll show you. Mm-hmm. So from here, we transition to a bar, and the barkeep is uh, watching TV, and the news blast comes on saying that everybody needs to go home. If you are a business owner, you need to close your business and send everybody home. So he instantly says, I'm not closing my bar unless if I have a good reason. And he calls the police, lets it ring twice and says, Okay, they're not answering. That means something's wrong. Let's go. Hangs up the phone. Grab your pitchforks. Uh, and then within that sentence, convinced everybody at the bar to come with him. Yep. Guys were mobbing. All right, let's go mob. <laughs> Tells the girl to watch after the bar for him. Doesn't shut the door. Doesn't do nothing. We're mobbing. Yep. Uh, so from here, Loomis and the sheriff now enter Jamie's house because they don't leave their fucking door locked. And I guess you don't need to knock. Just go in whoever's house you want. It was so weird. Like, it didn't show them knocking or anything. They just walked right in. They take that welcome mat pretty loosely. Yeah, so they go upstairs and they see all the pictures laid out uh, in the bedroom as well. And instantly uh, knew that Myers is back and fucking dog is dead. I know. Come on, horror movies. They're better about not doing it so much now because they know that people get super pissed about it, especially me. Oh, I but, hate uh, it. Nothing's worse than when the dog dies. So the dog is dead. Uh, call back to the original Halloween. So from here, uh, what do you? Th- what does that make you feel though? What happens in these movies? Because obviously we're both dog people. I, does it I make hate you it. hate the villain more? Does it make you hate the movie? A little bit of both. I hate the movie because there's no need to do it. Yeah. You can hurt the dog. I'd rather you not hurt the dog. But as soon as I see that the dog's dead, I hate the movie. See, this sometimes it drives the plot. So like in the original Halloween movie, it made sense for him to kill the dog. This I don't, did not. I, I don't like the fact that he killed the dog, but he did it because he was over at Annie's house. And it was and barking. he couldn't stalk her the way that he wanted to stalk her and do his creeping. With this dog because the dog was following him around. I think I hate it more in this movie because they showed the dog not barking at all. The dog yeah. was laying with Jamie on the bed, super quiet. Yeah, there just was being a, the good girls. Right. There was absolutely no reason yeah. to kill this dog. Like you said, the other version in the first Halloween makes sense. The dog was making noise. You know, he can't do what he wants to do, but yeah. did not care for the dog dying. Yeah. So from here we transition again. We're at uh, the power plant or something like that, and some electrician is working. Random ass place for Michael Myers to go, but he's standing there. And the electrician uh, tells him, hey, it's private property. You need to leave. He doesn't leave. And he says, okay, I'm calling the cops. Now you can't leave. (laughs) Okay. So he starts walking over to the phone, and then Michael Myers grabs his dude and fucking yeets him into the electrical line. Just straight up grabs him by the fucking belt and launches him. Dumbest scene ever. Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's dead, and now the whole town's at, without power because this guy gets fucking launched headfirst into some electricity. Uh, so we're back over to Rachel, and somehow she lost Jamie. 
uh, and she is searching everywhere for her. Uh, Jamie's obviously no longer with the friends that she was with. Uh, she was with them for 10 seconds, left them, and now she's by herself too. So they're both looking for each other. And Rachel sees Michael Myers in the distance um, and runs away. She's freaked the fuck out. Um, I don't. Good th- reason. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that uh, Rachel knows that Jamie is related. No, she she does. She knows that. She knows that's his uncle. So uh, there's some type of connection there. Um, although everybody in the town seems to know that this Michael Myers mask is associated with him because we see a prank later. So. I wonder how common of a thing it is in this town for people to wear the Michael Myers mask in Halloween. That's what I said. I was like, you know, pranksters are playing Myers. It shows that some of the town is not freaked out by the history, but it also shows the impact Myers had. Why would they turn him into a costume? Yeah. Well, I mean, if something like this really happened, it for sure would be a costume without a doubt. I in mean, the same town that it happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Think about it uh, this way. Uh, Netflix just released a special on uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. What area was he from? Hometown. <laughs> <laughs> he was from Wisconsin, right? Yes. So I bet you this Halloween there are going to be a ton of people in Wisconsin dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, hometown pride. Yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah. Got to represent. But it's the same exact uh, thing if so much time passes. They may not be doing it the very next year except for some prankster kids. That that will happen. Yeah. Uh, and you see that a lot in the Scream movies, um, how people are just – especially teens, they're dicks. <laughs> that, that's uh, what it is. Um, but it, it makes sense. But for Rachel, she must have been seeing these masks – on Halloween for 10 years straight now. Right, what makes so her why? instantly think that that's Michael instead of just a person trick-or-treating? Exactly. Um, so that didn't make much sense to me. So th- from here it goes to Loomis and the sheriff and they find Michael Myers from the distance and Loomis almost shoots him. And like we were saying, the guy pulls his mask off. Whoa, 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 I'm just pranking. And there were like five Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> they multiplied. It was like a funhouse mirror coming towards them. Yeah. Weird thing, it it was pretty stupid, but I mean, it, it was funny at the same time. Uh, it just shows how that mask and that outfit really freak out Loomis that he almost forgets that it could be anybody other than Michael. Yeah, he's so infatuated and obsessed that he's ready to just kill in instinct. Yeah, without even asking. Right. Which is funny because in the last movie that he was in, Halloween Two, they kill Ben Tramer. Yep. Well, they don't. They, he was ready to until another car fucking yeeted itself cop, into him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so from here we transition. Uh, Loomis and the sheriff go back to the police station for whatever reason. And it is torn to shreds, bloody. There's bodies everywhere. And uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then the mob shows up at the front door. And they ask what happens. The sheriff doesn't want to say anything, but then Loomis just jumps right out. It's Myers. Michael Myers is back. So they the mob goes out. Oh, we'll get him. Don't worry. Uh, sheriff, oh, no, don't, don't, don't. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so then the mob leaves. Uh, Loomis says some more Loomis lines. And from here, the cop uh, starts trying to call over to other stations and let them know Michael Myers is back. Um so the mob 
Do you think that it makes sense to get the town involved at this point? To have the townsfolk be a mob? Yeah. Um, like a mob mentality. Uh, these movies prove very well the mobs never work in your favor. And I don't think that they do. The only thing that uh, gathering people in your community is good for is finding somebody who's missing, but not to deliver justice. And that's been proved movie and movie and movie again because they're not trained. They don't really know what they're looking for. Probably none of them know what Michael Myers looks it's like without based a mask. It's anger yeah. and um, passion, and that never bodes well. When you're in a stressful situation. Yeah, plus you're all jacked up. Let's be real about it. Your adrenaline is through the fucking roof. So if you see somebody in a Michael Myers mask, that dude's going to die. Here, they they, they didn't even see the guy has a Michael Myers mask. They saw a bush move and they're kill it. I know. They killed a a (laughs) buddy of theirs. And they killed Tom Hollinger. Hollister? Hollinger? I don't know what it was. I I have sloppy handwriting. But Sir Ted is dead. It's Ted. Maybe. I can't read my handwriting. I need to start taking notes with the computer. Uh, So they thought that it was Myers. It wasn't. They killed him. So now we're back uh, to see Brady and Kelly. Uh, Kelly is the girl that Brady was with because uh, Rachel Rachel had to babysit. Yep. Dickhead. Uh, So they are at the. Need some love. Yep. So they're getting it on. And then the sheriff. Uh, pulls up who turns out that's their dad or her dad and kelly is not a fan of pants (laughs) it's the weirdest thing in the world she's trying to hide that they were messing around when the dad walks up and she opens the door with just shirt on (laughs) like barely covering her ass like that's step one yeah i think he knows yeah pretty pretty good idea but what happens the sheriff just gives brady a gun i don't think that he ever met brady in his life but he handed him a shotgun there you go son here you go and then he leaves uh (laughs) what was up with kelly's shirt cops don't do it by the book did you notice that i thought they said cops do it by the book oh i'm sorry yeah right you're right. <laughs> cops do it by the books. Yeah, what do you well, think that was about? Her dad's a cop. She's no, trying I got to... that. But do you think there was a meaning to that? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. What What did you put behind it? I just thought they obviously didn't handle the Michael Myers situation super well 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Why in the world would you wear a shirt like that? Yeah. Knowing that this guy is now on the loose. Well, they did it by the book. They they arrested the dude. They put him in the sanitarium. That's what the book says to do. I thought it was a little comical that she's wearing that shirt on this night that he escaped. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. Uh, I wrote down Kelly needs to put on some damn pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so from here, uh, Rachel asked, the, so the cop. Or the sheriff leaves a cop downstairs with a shotgun to stare at the front door. And Rachel's talking to her, asking when they can go home because they just want to go home. And he says, hey, you're going to go home soon. Uh, and you can see Michael Myers in the background during this shot. Just the mask. This Super is, creepy. Uh, it would have been if it wasn't that mask. Well, I agree. That mask was <laughs> terrible. It's hard for me to get creeped out by this mask in any shape, form, or fashion. It's but funny because it I remember there. we bought that exact mask. You mm-hmm. were going to dress up for Michael Myers one year. 
and I purchased that mask and you made me return that mask yeah. because you wanted the movie quality. Now I understand why. Yeah, I don't want the uh, Toys R Us version of a Michael Myers mask, and that's well, what this one looks like. I don't know why like. the store was selling both, because obviously that one was terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. Every movie, they change the mask up a little bit. Uh, so towards the end, whenever we're ranking these movies too, we'll do a separate rank in that podcast about the masks and what we think about them, which one's our favorite, which one's our least favorite. So from here, the sheriff finally gets somebody on the radio and uh, tells some cops to come. Michael Myers is killing everybody in the town. The sheriff's uh, department is just completely torn apart, and we need help. And they say, okie dokie. So from here, uh, Kelly sees the deputy dead. She comes downstairs, and uh, he's dead. And then <laughs> uh, Michael Myers shoves a fucking shotgun through her stomach. Yeah. That's how she dies. <laughs> He shoves a shotgun through her stomach. <laughs> and she's hanging there just like, was it Bobby? Yeah, Bob, they're trying to make a call back to Halloween one where he stabs him against the wall. The shotgun goes through her stomach and then through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Another moment where we both giggled. Yeah. So from here, Kelly comes downstairs because that's the thing to do. And she finds both Kelly and the deputy dead. And she runs upstairs and Jamie's gone. Uh, it doesn't give us any time to uh, soak on where's Jamie because instantly it flashes down to Brady grabbing uh, Rachel and tells her that they need to run. Jamie's on her own at this point. <laughs> So Brady's still a dick. Um, and the door is locked from the outside. So he grabs his shotgun and shoots it. And he goes, metal. Damn it, it's metal. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was supposed to mean. Maybe he can't shoot through the door. The lock is inferior to a shotgun. I, I don't know. So then um, Michael Myers is chasing him upstairs. And Brady just stops and says, I got this. And then Rachel and... Uh, Jamie run away but Bray doesn't realize that he just used the shells and the shotgun so when he tries to shoot obviously nothing happens he tries to beat Michael Myers with it but then Mike breaks his fucking face yep. <laughs> he grabs him like face palms him with his hand and just squeezes uh, really cool death uh, I thought that was pretty neat how it happened so we're back to Rachel and Jamie they run to the attic and they just start throwing shit down the stairs like, I, I guess that they're trying to make a barricade to keep... Trying to slow him down? Yeah, they're trying to slow him down or stop him from coming upstairs, but it's just the dumbest looking scene ever. They're just, like, throwing notebooks. <laughs> like... <laughs> Go study, Michael. Oh, okay. Um, so Mike is grabbing the notebooks and stuff out of his way one by one and moving them out of the way. And... Uh, he grabs a knife, I think, for the first time in the movie in this scene. Yeah. I think that up to this point, he was only bare hands brawling. Uh, he didn't have a knife or anything. So he finds one in the attic. Maybe it was one of the things that they threw at him to stop him from coming. Like, here's a knife in case if you make it through the notebooks. Uh, so this attic that they're in is fucking gigantic it's showing rachel and jamie running through it and it looks as big as our house yeah it's pretty <laughs> it's big gigantic so finally they climb out the window and they're up on the roof and 
Uh, I wrote down, and then they fall. Wee! It's like a slide. That's uh, funny. Rachel kept saying to Jamie, I got you, I got you. She says it twice, and then let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're struggling to climb up this roof, and they finally get up there, and I but put, uh, but Mike Myers is really good at parkour and beat both of them to the top. <laughs> I know. He walked that so easily on the roof while she slipped, sliding, trying to get across. Yeah, he just makes it right up there. So uh, Rachel's bright idea is to tie a TV cord around Jamie and slowly bring her down the roof. Okay. Um, so Jamie is now dangling from the roof on a fucking TV cord and Rachel falls. Uh and uh, it's, Jamie ends up climbing down uh, the side of the wall because they conveniently have some stuff there for her to climb down. And she's checking on Rachel on the bottom. And somehow, parkour Michael's down there already. <laughs> this guy is fast as lightning. Uh, he's not fast. He's just damn good at parkour. And it, instantly, I started laughing at this scene as well. Not because it's a funny scene, but I was thinking of The Office. <laughs> Hardcore parkour. <laughs> Like Mike's doing a front flip off of the roof onto a fence. <laughs> and then there he is. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Jamie looks at him uh, and starts running and Loomis grabs her. Uh, so Loomis just made it at the uh, perfect time. And for some reason, Loomis is asking her where the schoolhouse is. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. Yeah, but that's where they wanted to go for some reason is the school. Um, did you catch at all, like even in the follow-on scenes, why they wanted to go to the schoolhouse? I have no idea. Okay. I don't And then either. I asked, how did Michael know that they were going there? Well, because of Loomis. Uh, in horror movies, it's a very common thing. Like if somebody's chasing you, to be like, let's go to the schoolhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Hope nobody heard <laughs> me shout that. Um... But that's what they did. Yeah. So they get to the and schoolhouse. And every door in the schoolhouse is locked. Yeah. But not the front door. The front door has a fucking padlock and chains on it. I did not understand why. So that has a padlock and chains, like a 1940s way of keeping a door locked. And then they unlock it. And then not only does is a school sophisticated enough to have an alarm, it's sophisticated enough to have an alarm during a power outage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, not only are they rocking the 1920s padlock, but then they got the 1988's uh, alarm system that works off of solar or something. Yeah. So pretty, pretty convenient. So from here, uh, they get inside and Mike starts following Jamie around and uh, Mike grabs her ankle. Rachel hits her with a fire extinguisher. And then here comes the mob. So, this was the best part of the movie, not because it was so good, but because it made me laugh so hard. The town people show up outside with Jamie and Rachel, and they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? We're here to save the day. And then one guy speaks, and they're like, nope, fuck it, we're out, yeah. see ya. <laughs> so the whole mob shows up, and they explain, Michael Myers is in there, we need to leave. And they're like, no, we're here to stop him. And the one guy, like he says, like, well, maybe the cops should do it, that's their job. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah, okay. And they all Let leave. the cops do it. So they're okay with killing their friend in the bush, because... He's in a bush. But now that they know Michael Myers is in this building, the only person in this building, 
They're like, all right, let's just let's fucking bounce. Yeah. So they all hop in the truck. So there's now eight dudes in one truck and then uh, these two. And they're leaving town. And then they find the caravan of cops pulling up, the, the convoy that they called for that help. That was a cool scene. I wrote this is the dumbest scene that I've ever seen <laughs> because they stopped the cops by all of them holding their shotguns out the windows and shooting. What? what? <laughs> How do you expect to live? Like, those cops are going to blast you to fucking hell if you start shooting shotguns at a caravan of cops. But no, what they do is they just get out. Don't even draw their gun. They just look at them. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Myers was back there. Okay. <laughs> the cops leave. So Myers was in the truck the whole time. He was holding on to the tailgate of the truck and... Kills the dudes in the back, and I wrote fucking rips the driver's neck off. That was, <laughs> that was a really cool scene. Cool. He just reaches in and grabs the meat, meaty part of his neck and just rips it off. Super graphic, super gory. Looked really neat. And then Rachel just goes all Grand Theft Auto on us and opens the door, pops the driver out, pops into the driver's seat, uh, which was funny, but I mean, it worked really well for the scene. Um, so Rachel's driving crazy to try and get Mike off the roof, finally swerves enough to where he falls. She smashes him with the car. And then um, from here, uh, the cops show up. The whole caravan, for some reason, turns around. They happen to know that it's there. And uh, they explained it's okay. I killed him. He's down there. Jamie goes down towards him. Michael Myers grab or she grabs Michael Myers' hand, and then the cops yell at her, "Get away from him! Get away from him! Get away from him!" So she moves. Right before that scene, they panned over to Mike, and he had the knife in his hand, and he was gripping it. And slowly, you see his hand open. Then Jamie goes down to hold his hand, and yeah. as she turns around, because the cops say, "Hey, get out!" He quickly grabs the knife. I thought that was a neat little uh, visual. It was. It was because he knew that uh, they were related. It's weird because he was trying to kill her the whole movie, but then as soon as she shows sympathy towards him, he opens up right away. Yeah. Uh, so the cops tell her to leave, and they just fucking go to town blasting him. Now, it reminded me of uh, an episode of Always Sunny where Frank Reynolds, uh, Danny DeVito, is like, so anyway, I started blasting <laughs> They are blasting. They are unloading on him. They were playing Call and, of Duty on his ass. the whole earth caves in around Michael Myers for some reason. and uh, He's evil. Yeah, he is evil. So the earth will cave in around him because, you know, it does. Mm-hmm. A- as it does. <laughs> um, so uh, they all end up back in the house. Loomis walks in and says, Michael Myers is in the hill or in hell. Where he belongs. <laughs> I love you, Loomis. I hated you at first. I love you now. <laughs> Starting to grow um, you. So then from here, uh, Rachel goes upstairs and goes to take a bath. And we start seeing the first person shots that we saw at the intro of the original Halloween uh, to where it's somebody walking around. They grab scissors and then you see a mask uh, come, on. come on over the screen. And then... Just stab the fuck out of Rachel so you think, oh, man, Michael's back. I love that. And then that. Uh, you hear the screaming and then it starts zooming out. And it's uh, Jamie in the clown costume, once again, very similar from the original Halloween, yes. holding the bloody scissors in her hand. And Loomis goes to shoot her. 
because he's freaking out like, no, the evil transferred and he goes to shoot her. But then the sheriff stops him and it just keeps zooming out on the emotionless face of Jamie. So it almost looks like Myers transferred the evilness to her. Because they held really hands cool. before he kind of caved into the earth. Yeah. So maybe that's the reference. I think so. I think um, Myers either transferred his soul or the evilness into her. One of the two. Uh, but it looked like the torch was passed from one Myers to another is how I looked into it. I loved the ending. I thought that it was done very well. Um, this would have been a cool way to take the direction of Halloween from here. I don't remember which direction five goes, I think that I remember. And if I do, it, it'll piss me off. Um, matter of fact, I know it does. This, this fucking franchise. <laughs> it takes you on highs and lows. It has well, so I'm much potential. because lo and behold, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a lot of expectations. I don't think that you've seen any of the sequels from here up until Halloween 2018. I believe so. Uh, well, no, you've seen the Rob Zombie remake. Yes, I did. Did you see both of them? I believe so. Yeah, I think that I showed you both of them. So we still got Halloween 5, Halloween 6, oh, Halloween Resurrection. Ooh. It is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad. Uh, Halloween H2O. I wonder H2 if I'm going to like that because we've been pretty opposite. When you don't yep. like the movie, I like the movie. I'm I'd, curious. I'd be amazed. Uh, <laughs> so we got four more in the Halloween uh, timeline. And then we got the two Rob Zombie remakes, which have nothing to do with any of uh, the ones that we saw. The first one is a complete reboot. And then the second one's a sequel to that. And then we got uh, so that's seven. And then we got Halloween 2018, which ignores everything past the original Halloween. So Halloween 2018 takes place after the first one. And then we got Halloween Kills, uh, followed by Halloween Ends, which is going to be coming out. So we have eight more movies to review before the new one. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this journey to continue. I'm in it for the long haul. And we will see you guys next time on uh, Halloween 5. So thank you for joining. This is the Horror's Edge Podcast. I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. See you next time. <laughs>